Forgiveness is difficult. If someone has really hurt you, caused trauma in your life, the call of Christ to forgive our enemies and love them is one of the most difficult instructions he has to give us. So often people say, I am trying to forgive. I'm forgiving. I'm saying, God, I forgive this person. And you may even go to that person and say, I forgive you. But then it doesn't last long before you find yourself thinking evil thoughts about this person all over again, before reminding yourself over while your head is spinning with everything they've done against you and, and how they could have done that and so forth and so forth. And then you find yourself in this position yet again where, well, you know what? I I actually haven't forgiven them. I, I've said it before, but I obviously didn't. So let me try it again. And, and then they try again and, and they say, God, I forgive them. And, and I want to move on with my life. And then not too long until they fall into that same cycle again. And their heart is actually still rife with unforgiveness. See, I want to submit to you that in the spiritual realm, there is something that happens the moment that you start putting your foot forward to forgive someone. And that is that after you make a proclamation of God, I forgive this person who has done this to me, or you go to that person, you tell them, I forgive you. The moment that happens, the enemy's camp is alerted to try and tempt you away from what you have just committed to. See, he will come and he will fill, he will attempt to fill your mind with evil thoughts and resentments and reminders of all the things that were done against you in hope that you would go to undo your forgiveness when you accept his thoughts into your mind in order to prevent resentment from reseating itself. We must understand that forgiveness is not a prayer. Forgiveness is not a singular act. Instead, forgiveness is how your heart is positioned. Think about this. If you hire a builder to build you a house, the builder will come to you first with a contract, laying out all the terms and the commitments that they are entering with you. And then after you have the contract, the builder needs to go and physically build the house over months of labor. See that the contract itself is not what builds the house. The house is not a foundation is not even laid by the contract. The contract is just a verbal commitment to something that is to happen. And that is what it is when we pray and say, Lord, I forgive this person or you sell this person. I forgive you. That is the verbal contractual commitment agreement you're making with them or with God that you are now going to be building forgiveness in your heart, that you're going to be positioning your heart around forgiveness towards this person. And one of the ways we do this is by withstanding the temptations of the enemy when he comes to try and undo our forgiveness. We see that the enemy is always looking to attack us where we are most vulnerable. For example, when Yeshua was in the wilderness, the enemy took him to a mountain, showed him the kingdoms of the world and said, I will give you all of this if you bow down to me. But Yeshua said, get behind me, Satan. And it also is written then that after he rejected the enemy, that angels came to minister to him. Yeshua is a king 
And that is why the enemy tried to tempt him with being a king over all these kingdoms. When we are a forgiver, the enemy is going to try and tempt us in our forgiveness to not be the forgiver that we are called to be. Just like he attacked Yeshua to not become the king God called him to be. But ultimately, here's the problem. If we don't reject the enemy when he comes to tempt us, then we will never get to the place where the angels of God can come and minister to us. And that is where Yeshua received breakthrough when he rejected the enemy and allowed God's angels to come and minister to him. Forgiveness is very important. Consider this. If we say we will forgive someone today, but tomorrow we do not follow through with it. And in light of how Jesus commanded us to treat others as we desire to be treated, to love our neighbors ourselves, it shouldn't be a shock that God actually states that in relation to forgiveness, that how we treat others in forgiveness will mirror how he treats us in forgiveness. And I don't know about you. But when I can't, when it comes to my relationship with the father, I don't want there to be a problem with him forgiving me. I need a lot of grace and a lot of mercy. And brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that if we want access to the fullness of his mercy and grace that he does have for us in forgiveness, we must follow through with his instruction that we ought to follow regarding forgiveness towards others. Matthew 6:15 Jesus says, "If you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours." There's also a few misconceptions about forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we forget what someone has done. It means that we forgive what they have done. Forgiveness also isn't a declaration that what they have done was okay or good or justified. And forgiveness is for all those who change and those who don't. Forgiveness is for you, the one who has the resentment in the heart because it sets you free and the other person can do what they want. But what they are doing shouldn't affect your heart's posture of forgiveness. Someone asked Jesus, how many times should we forgive? And he responded 70 times seven. See, brothers and sisters, I want you to think about this example for a second here. Just imagine a husband who's cheating on his wife nonstop without repentance. She can go and forgive his actions, but that does not set him free from the consequences of his actions, which can even mean that their covenant is broken and it can end in a divorce. So the, the woman may never forget what her husband has done. She's not going to pretend like what he is doing has never happened. And God doesn't expect that. But what he, God desires is for that wife to forgive him in her heart. Let's think about a, another example. Let's think about a family who had a family member murdered and they're in court and the judge is there and and the family member, one of them goes up to the witness stand and, and declares to the murderer, we forgive you. 
We forgive what you have done to us, even though we will never be able to forget it, even though it will live with us, even though it is it has destroyed or, or ripped our family apart. We forgive you. And the judge can even be one who declares murderer, I forgive you. But the judge still sends him to prison and the family still expects the murderer to pay for what he has done and go to prison. But I want to submit to you that just as in that case with the murderer and the judge, our father, our God is a judge and a father. So he has to hold us accountable to our sins, our debt that we build up for ourselves. And yet that is why he has come to provide a sacrifice. That is why he has come to lay his life down for us to pay our debt, to pay our fine so that we can be forgiven and live forgiven. But it does mean that we repent. It means we come to him. It means we make a declaration, a vow to follow him and his ways. It means that we are like the, a, a bride who, or a husband who says to his bride or a bride who says to her husband, I will not commit adulteries, but I am making a covenant with you. I am staying with you. I'm remaining committed to you. And that's the type of covenant that means that we have access to the wiping clean of our legal sin debt. And so the father is not one to harbor resentment in his heart personally against us. But a legal forgiveness is something different that requires of us something. It requires for us to have an atonement. And that atonement is only received when we grab a hold of Yeshua with all that we have. And so, brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that this salvation that we can have is so good, so pure, so holy, so precious that we need to keep in mind what he has done so that we can look at other people through that same mercy. If despite all of the terrible things that I have done against God and my sin, he comes and he wipes me clean and forgives me and even dies for me and in my place, then no matter what any man has done against me, it will not come close to the heaps of debts that I have built up. And so I need to apply that same mercy to anyone who has hurt me personally, no matter how great or how small I have to go and show them that mercy. And when I do that, and I resist the enemy. And I build on my forgiveness and I will indeed then be free, free, free. I will be able to actually sleep at night and not have my mind swirl around things that happened 20, 20, 30 years ago. Because see, having unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person gets hurt. Because that's what we think. We, we somehow think that harboring unforgiveness and resentment towards someone is going to affect them. It's affecting no one but yourself. So be free. Let the sun set you free. Let him empower you. Let his angels come and minister that freedom to you. 
I pray that this has blessed you. Thank you so much for being with me here today. Subscribe to this channel to stay up to date when we release more videos like this. Like this video, it helps promote it and share in the comments what you think about forgiveness. Many blessings and shalom.